everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story. And this week, we check out a former NBC intern who not only has several car stories with some well-known comedians and talk show hosts, but he wants to help you with your car story via his TV show, Car Matchmaker. I'm Spike Ferriston. Comedy is my career, but cars are my obsession. <laughs> Spike Ferriston's show begins its third season on the Esquire Network, named after the longtime men's magazine. So, where do you find this Esquire Network? Esquire is everywhere. Esquire Network is pretty much where you can get television. And in additional, uh, additionally, it's uh, uh, Apple iTunes, um, Amazon, Google Play. I mean, really, you can't avoid Esquire Network at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Here's the only thing. Maybe we ought to get the Dodgers on Esquire Network. On a couple of, in a couple of places like DirecTV, I, I think it's still uh, standard definition. So that, that's the only difference I've noticed is in a couple of places you get SD instead of HD. But it is everywhere. Just look for it. We're going to talk about uh, Car Matchmaker in just a minute. But I always like to kind of get a little background, as you do for some of the people mm -hmm. you talk to. You grew up. Uh, back east in New York, is that right? Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. What were your parents driving? What was your first car? Oh, my God. The the, the car that really st stands out to me uh, in all of my dad's really horrible car choices was the <laughs> Ford Granada, silver with a red velour interior, uh, complete with cigarette burns oh and my. holes in the seats. After the first, like, a few days, that happened. Um, and Mom drove pretty much whatever Dad brought home for her, like a... Uh, well, the coolest car she had was a Honda Accord um, that was uh, bought from my father's friend that had a five-speed, and it was an import. And that's really the car that started started it all for me. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even know what a manual transmission was until that, and I was just getting my driver's license, and I got into this little silver and red car. I guess he likes silver and red. Um and went, uh, you know, I'm, I'm home. There's three pedals down there. There's a five-speed, and this thing moves. So the cars in your family would just kind of like move down every time Dad got another car. The new his car would bounce to your mom and that kind of thing. Not no, not really. No, oh. uh, Dad first and foremost knew nothing about cars. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> he barely knew how to drive them. He certainly did not know how to care for them. Yet he was in charge of acquiring the cars. Oh my! So oh my! It, it was always a disaster. Uh, there was an old Chevy he bought for my mom once that she did not ask for. <laughs> that I, I remember uh, she she was scratching her head, you know, because we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So we had one family car and mm -hmm. then she needed a car. She was a nurse. So he comes home with this old Chevy that I, and I've, I've still yet never seen it again where the paint rubbed off when you touched it. Was it Impala or what was it? Yeah, it was an Impala. Uh -huh. And, and you rub your hand against the side and the paint would come off like Yikes. inky, like 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 a copying machine ink <laughs> all over your hands. I still don't know what that was. My mother, it was the only time I've ever seen a car presented to a person who was not excited to get a car as a present, where she just went, what is this? <laughs> and we all, we, you know, so that's pretty much the way my car life worked. So you grew up with that behind you and your background. Your first car was that, what, the Honda? Um, my first car was a uh, 1971 Ford Trina 500 that my dad, ah. again, brought home uh, for my brother and I, which my brother promptly wrapped around a telephone pole Yikes. three weeks after uh, getting it. So well, that's that no fun. That no, no. What, what experiences could you have had in that car uh, within, what, three weeks? Well, certainly strangling my brother in it. <laughs> 
for for ruining it. I, I wasn't all that honestly attached to that car. I mean, uh-huh. it, you know, in my small town, we had uh, Betancourt Honda, mm-hmm. so we had the Hondas, the motorcycles there. And these were places I could ride my bicycle to and dream on a Saturday. And then there was a, a, a car lot called Tech Auto that had exotic cars. <laughs> but most of those cars were not exotic by today's comparisons. They were just whatever was in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. They were later shut down by the FBI, by the way, for welding uh, front halves of cars to back halves of cars. Yikes. And making new cars. Oh, wow. But I would go to those places and, you know, read the car magazines and, and dream of someday owning something, you know, really cool. But it was always American. It was always Mustangs, primarily. Mm. So what did you go to the prom in? Um... Well, we rented the old Fleetwood Fleetwood Cadillac, ah. right? That's what you you did. Top hat, cane, Cadillac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> These Very were smart. the pimpy days yes, exactly. of high school. Um, but my first machine that I bought that I obsessed over was a, a, a Kawasaki Ninja a Z600 motorcycle. Oh, your motorcycle. Yeah, okay. I, I started on a motorcycle just because it was more affordable than a, than a, than a real car. Mm-hmm. And, and and I rode that bike um, pretty much through my college years in Boston. Um, and sold it uh, when I moved to New York um, after college. So you you moved to New York. Uh, as the story goes, you were I guess were an intern at one point at NBC. Intern at uh, Thirty Rock for Saturday Night Live and for David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting that in in the years that you moved on, worked for Letterman for just mm-hmm. a little bit as a writer. No, five years actually, a long time. And then eventually, it was Seinfeld after that. Yes, and Seinfeld for three years after that. What kind of car guy? was David Letterman. I mean, we know that he's into the IndyCar thing, uh, and he drove around an old truck, if I remember right. What, what, what kind of car guy that was... he restored. Yeah, exactly. He restored all of his original vehicles. <laughs> a Pontiac Fiero. That's a hundred point restoration <laughs> done. <laughs> and that old truck Fiero. because of that. Yeah, I shouldn't laugh because I have Pontiac. We it. have Pontiac people that listen. Yes. But no, yes. but it's not. There, there's anything wrong with Pontiac. It's no. like why would you do a hundred point con car restoration on a Fiero? Anyway, mm-hmm. they they catch fire that, and they're called the Fiero. Um, Dave, you know, I'm trying to think back. Um, word got out on the staff that I liked cars. And I, I I can't actually tell you what I liked about them, but I but I but but I was just passionate about it. But I, I knew nothing. I really knew nothing about cars of the car world compared to compared to now. And I remember when Dave heard about that. This is you know a story I think we all relate to is mm-hmm. when you hear about another one, absolutely, another person with this illness. <laughs> you say, "Come <laughs> on, is, yes, come that's on so up." True. And Dave would start calling me up to his office uh, and showing me ads in the back of Auto Week. Go, mm-hmm. he would go. You know, I remember calling me up one day, and uh, you know, you think first. I'm getting fired, <laughs> yeah. or well, maybe I'm just getting notes on something I wrote. Uh-huh. But it would always be Dave with an auto week cracked open, and he'd go, "Hey, hey, Spike, check this out. It's a ground effects rabbit." And I'd be like, "What?" He's like, "It's a rabbit with ground effects." I go, "Well, what's ground effects? Oh, aerodynamics. It's 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 a rabbit that someone's modified. You got to buy this." <laughs> so it was always a real. And we had. Uh, I remember once we were involved in a uh, charity go kart race. Mm-hmm. Um, that I had pitched, um, just, you know, Briggs and Stratton Motors and go-karts for a charity, for MS. And there was going to be a Letterman team. This by the way, the first Letterman racing team. And uh, the Thursday before the race, Dave came uh, into my office. He goes, what are you doing here? And I go, I'm right in the top ten. He goes, I-, I know, but you got a race this weekend. Bizarre that Dave came down a few floors, but to in your office never happens. Uh-huh. And I said, "Well, I got it right." He goes, "Not today. You got to win this race." <laughs> I said, well, what What do you expect me to do? He goes, "I expect you to win. Fifth place is not acceptable." 
<laughs> no pressure and there. And I said, so, he said, so get your ass out to Long Island to the racing shops and see what you can do. Wow. Gas, springs, whatever it is. <laughs> if you're not, you know, pushing the rules a little bit, you're not trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> Did they send a camera? Uh, well... I went out to the speed shops mm-hmm. and learned about how to hot rod a Briggs and Stratton <laughs> engine, how to put sneak racing gas into an engine. Uh-huh. Um, and we won. We were competitive out there, and we actually won. And we're then disqualified for these modifications oh, that I had boo. made to the motor. And we it was the worst nightmare for Dave because we came in fifth. They said, we're not going to completely bust you down, but, you know. Still oh. a victory, but that's how passionate he is about cars, you know. And uh, he also let me drive uh, a lot of his collection out in L.A. when we were out for the Emmys, and that pretty much set the path forward for me on what I collect. Well, what does he have out here? I mean, you know, we know of, of oh, I don't Jay think Leno stuff. Yeah, and, there's and nothing Seinfeld out here stuff. right now. But back in the day, he had Porsches and Ferraris and, mm. you know, just uh, the, the, the cool European stuff. A couple of Austin Healy's, I think. And the pickup truck. The pickup truck and the Fiero, yep. Which I believe, what, was a Chevy, old Chevy pickup or something? I don't recall, I don't recall. Yeah. But, you know, he's one of the first guys out there who realized these Santa Monica airplane hangers were perfect for putting cars in, uh-huh. you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That that's Those are always <laughs> fun. And and let me take the next step, because you were involved with the Letterman Show, you were writing for Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And did you have any input in any of the automotive-based, and, and he, he had a few of them where you know his cars were involved or something like that. Were you involved at all in the uh, automotive uh, stories that he would throw out there? I mean, well, I know it was around for Newman's uh, uh, Acura NSX, uh-huh. <laughs> which I actually fought against. He said, well, how is this guy affording this car? It makes no sense, so I can't say that I can take credit for it. I was trying to get rid of it. For but, those who don't remember, give, give me a little background on the NSX story. Um, gosh, I wish I remembered. I, I don't even <laughs> okay. recall whose episode it was or uh-huh. what was going on. I just remember Newman drove an NSX. The car thing was mostly our way of blowing off steam because we were working six and seven days a week. So when you had a little downtime, you were on the internet or you're cracking open car magazines or, you know, I had a front row seat to watching Jerry start that collection, you know. He came in one day with a 73 911 RS tangerine with black. And he's look what I just bought. I'm like, what is that? And, you know, a minute later, we're out blasting around on the 101 on it, and I'm like, ooh, I've got I've to get one of these someday if I make some money. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun, you know, behind the scenes. To, it was Jerry and myself, and I, I don't know if there are any other real car guys there, but just obsessing over these Porsches mostly and Volkswagens, and, you know, occasionally uh, manufacturers would drop cars off. I remember when someone... Volkswagen dropped off the new Beetle mm-hmm. for the writing staff. They just oh, dropped wow. off five or six of them. Oh wow! And said, "Go ahead and take them out for a, you know for a week." So there was always something really cool going on behind the scenes. So he ever let you drive any of his cars? Oh, constantly. Yeah, yeah. We all kind of drive everybody's cars. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> he and I still hang out. We have a couple of uh, friends out here that we drive with, and everybody's uh, lending stuff. And he's got the best stuff to lend for sure. Oh yeah, he's got that hanger, and of course, he just recently sold a whole bunch of them. Uh, and I think yeah. is, is he selling a few more? Well, we covered that on Car Matchmaker. Actually, uh-huh. we took the cameras out there to Amelia, and uh, not only shot the auction, but have Jerry the next morning um, at coffee. At breakfast, telling us uh, why he did it, why he picked Amelia. Does he need the money? Is he broke? 
how we pick the cars. <laughs> it's broke. a really great conversation. I'm not going to spoil it right here. but And, and that's coming up this season, right? That's coming up in the Amelia Island episode of Car Matchmaker. Awesome. Yeah. Look forward to that. That'll be kind of neat. It's great. So this stuff really formed your, are, are you a Porsche guy? How would you qualify or classify yourself as far as your car mm. tastes? Um, I, I guess I'm a Porsche guy. It's the car that I relate to the most. I mean, I, I, I'm really, um, I really, lo- I have a 58 Speedster that I really love and relate to, and I, and I love the early 70s, late 60s, 911s, mm-hmm. um, those cars. And I also love the new 911. So, yeah, I'm a Porsche guy first and foremost. But I have a Land Rover uh, Series 2A from 1971, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the car, uh, if I were an old man in Massachusetts, I would chase bluefish with on the beach, you know. Do it, not know what that is? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head. You, you did something with uh, the Today Show. Right. Where you brought out, and it was a 73, the uh, may have been a Range Rover, actually. Yes. That was the 70, that was a 71 Range Rover. Okay. One of the very, very first Range Rovers. Not the car you have. The Series 2A is akin to the Defender. People a lot of times call them vintage Defenders, but they're not. They're Series 2As or Series 2s or Series 3s. But um, god-awful slow. (laughs) They break down a lot. Yeah. But they're just beautiful to look at. And uh, I bought mine on eBay. It was what's known as an impulse buy. And, you know, here's how to effectively uh, carry out an impulse buy. You can get away with the impulse buy if you are willing to lose a certain amount of money and not have it bankrupt you. Right? So, this is how you do it. So, I, I saw this beautiful Land Rover Series 2A, marine blue, with a white top, and it was uh, an original interior. The bidding was uh, $6,700, and I mm. thought, all right, I don't have time. I don't even know. This car is in California. That's all I know about it. I don't have time to check it out. I definitely don't have time to drive it. I have 45 minutes until the auction's <laughs> over. If I get this car and I get screwed in it, I'm, I'll be okay. Maybe I can get half the money out of it, and I'm, you know, it's not going to bankrupt me. Mm-hmm. So this, so I'm going to bid on it, and uh, I, I placed a bid and and thought for sure this car was going to go for twelve or thirteen, and sure enough, I win. Um, and the, the owners call me, and I, I say, "Where's the car? Or where's the truck?" And they say, "It's uh, it's in Van Nuys. It happens to be right over the hill." Oh, so really? <laughs> it happened to be very close, and I got it. And you know, it it was definitely not perfect. I, I had a lot of work to do to it. I put another maybe ten grand into making it safe because mm-hmm. I have kids and I want to be able to stop. <laughs> That's always turn. important. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm maybe into it now, sixteen or seventeen, which is a little more than it's worth. But it delivers so much happiness in my life. It's our kind of farmer's market mobile. Mm-hmm. Last weekend I had it and we threw the kids bikes. The kids have tiny bikes. So we just threw them in the back with the dog and went out bike riding in a parking lot, you know, and it it's delivering a lot of happy memories. So you don't get too anal, if you will, as far as, oh gosh, I got to check the car first before I bid. I got to do something like that. This In this situation, at least, you just looked at it and said, eh, where's the buy it now button? You know, well, something like that. I It's a different set of beliefs. Okay. I get really crazy about Porsches and I do uh, demand perfection out of certain things. Right. Race cars, I'm, I'll give a little leeway. Trucks have to be trucks. They shouldn't be taken care of, in my opinion. They should be driven and abused. So that <laughs> fell in, you know, that category right there. But uh, yeah, if 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 you're listening and you're going to buy something on eBay, especially, you have to do your homework. You have to get on the forums. You have to find out what you're looking for. And then you got to really drive that car, have someone inspect it. Spike Ferriston joining us, of course, uh, car matchmaker. We're going to talk about that. His great show on uh, Esquire. Let me get this in your garage. What's in your garage right now? Okay. 
the home garage or the uh, hangar? Just what am ah, I driving? Let's what am start I with let's start with the home garage. Uh, the home garage. I have my friend's 1982 911 SC Targa, and a beautiful uh, Hellblau blue metallic mm-hmm. that uh, I'm driving and helping him sort. You know, making a little punch list of the things that are wrong with it, and also just enjoying the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just gave back uh, to Lamborghini a Lamborghini Huracan Spider which uh, was beautiful gray with a red uh, roof, like a burgundy red top, that was a mind blower. Those aren't my cars, but that's what I just got out of uh, this morning. Words I believe I've never uttered. I just gave back to Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, no, they deliver. <laughs> it's nice. great. They deliver. I, I did an Gotta interview, and they wanted, they wanted to do a drive. Uh-huh. And, they, and I said, let me call up Lamborghini and have them send a car over. And they sent over a car for the weekend. And, awesome. And, you know, it's a dream job. That's, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money for making car matchmaker. It's a reality show, really. Uh-huh. But I get a lot of free cars, and it makes it worth it. So. Um, and how many cars do you have in the airport hangar? Um, right now, there's a you know I have a pair of GT3s. I have the brand new 991 GT3 and a 997 variant from 2007 GT3 RS. That's mm-hmm. uh, those are two my two little modern race cars. I have uh, my 58 Speedster that just had a new motor put in it uh, by John Wilhoyt down in Long Beach. So it's gone from 75 horsepower to 150 horsepower. So he's been working on that for the last month, making sure it can most importantly stop. <laughs> that, that very important. And yeah. turn mm-hmm. and stop wobbling at 55 miles an hour. It was doing a little shimmy back and forth. But I, I just got that back um, Friday. Haven't driven it yet. Um, and then I have this uh, 68 911L Trans Am factory lightweight race car that was built for the Trans Am racing series in 1968 and raced by a guy named Fred Baker um, and one race famously by Dickie Smothers. Ah, uh, that they won. Of and, the Smothers Brothers. Yeah, and that's a you know street legal race car. It's a race car with a license plate that I can take to the grocery store and then blast out to the canyons on the weekend. Any car that you've had, obviously you've sold some, I assume. And of the ones you don't have anymore, do you ever have a feeling, gosh, I wish I could have that back? I don't think anybody listening has ever sold a car and not felt that <laughs> pang of regret. Even you just saying that, I'm feeling pangs all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we the one all that got feel away. that. Yes. Okay, so what was the one you that know, got the, away? There's a, some joke Paul Reiser does, and I forget it's about pulling out of a supermarket parking lot, and there's uh-huh. a guy waiting to go in, and he uh-huh. goes, hmm, maybe I should pull back into that spot. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else wants it, now suddenly you want it again. Um, but, you know, I, I, I advocate... A certain space of time is really good. With cars that I've sold that I re- I don't regret selling them, I-, I may buy them back. But, you know, that 68 911L Trans Am factory race car is a perfect example. I sold all of my early 70s 911s when I had kids. And as the kids get up to speed and, you know, could actually ride in the cars again, I thought, let me jump back in and get something else. And instead of going back and buying what I already owned... I was talking to a friend of mine who was helping me look, and, and I said, uh, let's let's try to have a new experience. Let's not go to, you know, I've had a 73RS, a 73T, a 73S, a 70S. I, these cars are wonderful cars. I love them. I could I could definitely own them again. But why don't we try something different? Mm-hmm. And we came, we got very lucky and found the 68911L, which is one of five. You know, there's only five in the world. So, you know, had I not been seeking out a different experience, I wouldn't have been lucky enough to track down this car. What is number one on uh, the Spike number one list of cars that you want? 
haven't had yet, but you want. Well, the hobby is aspirational, wouldn't you agree? So True. It, uh, this is not something I could ever afford, but what I would definitely want. Mm-hmm. But Ferrari two fifty short wheelbase is something I dream about constantly, constantly. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a GTO. That <laughs> you can't get Ferrari to bring it over for the show. That I don't. Well, you know, these are old cars from the sixties, oh, and they're true. worth about ten to fifteen mil. So, <laughs> Bruce really? Meyer, though, who I'm sure you know, uh-huh. uh, has one, and he's promised me a drive. Nice. And he listens to every car podcast. So this is this is your reminder, Bruce. Oh, uh, Bruce, you're gonna have to listen to our rest of our shows. He's got the best. He's got that little silver job. Will he let you on. drive it? Of course. Oh, silly sure. me. Sure. All right. That's good. <laughs> so I dream about that car. And then the new stuff, you know, um, I'm, I'm very happy with this 991 GT3. It's a very, very usable car. It's not too uh, track-oriented, and I find that I can, you know, get around the get around the week around taking meetings and, and dropping kids off and mm-hmm. grocery shopping and doing the rest of it. And then I can have fun at the racetrack, and I can have it out in the canyon, so it does it all. So I'm, I'm quite happy with that choice right now. Car Matchmaker. This is the yes. third season for Car Matchmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who haven't seen it and they they hear the two words Car Matchmaker, <laughs> suddenly it's like, okay, wait a minute. Are you the guy from... Um, farmers Only? Yeah, Farmers Only. Or are you the uh, <laughs> eHarmony guy? Or, or when it comes to the cars, are you the guy from, you know, on the street talking about Match? Or are you just simply the guy from Blind Date? No, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like everybody who's a car guy listening. In that I help my friends and family, my my professional, my neighbor, anybody uh, find cars that they that they like. And the year that we sold the show, I had helped a, a woman, Ellen Rackerton, who was Oprah Winfrey's producer. And mm-hmm. uh, no lie, I had helped sell uh, to friends and family twenty cars that year. And I, I don't make any money; I'm just wasting time instead of writing. Oh sure, you know, making recommendations, right? But I'd had a lot of success. And she called and she goes, "I really love, you know, uh, the advice that you gave me. Would you ever consider doing a show?" And I said, well, "What do? You, what would the show be?" I, of course, I would do a car show. It'd have to be funny. She goes, "Well, you know, you're kind of like a car matchmaker." And I said, "You know what? That's kind of a really dumb title for a show, but I know I could sell it because it it's explained in two words." And then we can make this cool, funny show about uh, putting people in cars, and the show's tone will define the title, which it's gone on to do. Mm-hmm. So Car Matchmaker was born pretty much in that moment. I mean, I walked into Esquire. They said, we want a car show. And I said, Car Matchmaker. I said, two words. And they said, we want it. <laughs> wow, that <laughs> was, was an easy and pitch. And I was right. And they said, well, what's the show? And I go, I don't really know yet, but I think... It's going to be me and regular folks and me introducing those folks to the famous car people or the connected car people I know and helping them make informed decisions, <clears throat> helping them find a car that they're going to love as much as I love my cars. So so you go and you see people and you meet them for the first time. Right. And you get a feeling. Well, Is that not, kind of how that works? I'm not a psychic. I can't okay. make predictions. <laughs> but I listen like you would listen. I hear, yes. And, 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 and like anybody listening now goes, well, I do the same thing, but they never take my advice. They only want validation. That's true, except that I put them in my choices. They can actually sit in the choices, drive them, and they always have an aha moment. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I go and I meet them. I hear a little bit about their life. I hear about their budget. I hear what their problem is. And I recommend three cars. And then we drive them away from a dealership. We just have fun in them. And then they pick one at the end. That's actually very simple when you think about it. It's a very simple format. Yeah. Yeah. And this season, though, we, we also... 
you know, we had a, a girl who wanted her first motorcycle. Her dad had given her one. She was in her first year riding. So I introduced her to Keanu Reeves and brought her down to Arch Motorcycle, where Keanu's making his new uh, KRGT1. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he gave her some advice about riding. About uh, mostly talked about two big accidents he was in. <laughs> now he, he really ate it on a motorcycle. Um, C.J. Wilson uh, from the Angels was on, mm-hmm. and because uh, Tyler Skaggs, uh, a young picture, was looking for some advice. So you know, it's always it's always that we don't necessarily cater to celebrities, but we like celebrity car people to help regular folks. What about uh, in the coming season, some of the things you're going to be having? <clears throat> well, aside from um, Seinfeld and Keanu on, um, we've expanded the show to motorcycles. Um, we've got uh, a swimsuit mall. The network wanted some uh, sexy ladies on the show. This Shocking. Year. And, and who am I Shocking. to say no to, to riding around a car for four days with sexy ladies? So. <sighs> <clears throat> Genevieve Morton, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, was looking for a vintage American muscle car. Super cool show. We're leading off with that one. Um, Karuchi Tran, formerly of Chris Brown relationship, but also a respected actress and model in her own right, was looking for a car to evade paparazzi in, which we thought was an interesting <laughs> problem to solve. Yeah. Um, who else? We've got, the, you know, it, it's a good group this season. We, it's the strongest set of shows that we've done, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about showing everybody. Obviously, you've had some real fun shows to do, and, and I'm trying to remember some of the ones, but in your mind, the shows that when you started, you thought it might go in a certain direction, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It went completely the other way. Right. Well, there was one that will never see the light of day. That you, that comes to my um, mind, it, which was last season when we were shooting a an apocalypse scenario, if you will. I, mm-hmm. I thought it would be interesting to do an off the grid, you know, apocalypse show, and we started looking for someone who was of that mindset. And not surprisingly, the people who are of that mindset mm-hmm. aren't all together there. And <laughs> we had this guy show up to set, and okay. we had three uh, beautiful um, kind of off the grid uh, camper trucks a converted ambulance into a camper and 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 the guy uh you know right away was out of his mind he was in the car and he started you know we we get a little casting tape they shoot do just a straight interview with him and it comes to me on a youtube video and i get a sense of who they are and what their problem is and how they speak and what Mm -hmm. they're looking for and it's it's easier for me and the producers to kind of come up with three cars or trucks okay this guy is talking not like he did in that video. He's got a funny voice. He's almost playing a character, and he's saying scary things. He keeps turning to the camera, going, "Why are you asking these questions, Spike?" <laughs> and I and I would say, uh, you know, oh my. but seriously, what do you think of the car? What do you think of the truck? And he goes, "I don't think," you know. And it was a lot of that. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I managed to get through eight hours of shooting, and then I shut down the episode because oh, I feared. I feared for my life. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That would be reality TV. We don't. It, that oh, was a little it's totally too real. because the the studio said, "Well, y- in fearing for your life, is it entertaining?" I mean, that sounds like a Housewives <laughs> episode. You should keep going with it. And I said, "No, I'll, I'll send you. I'm going to send you some tape. You watch it. You're going to see what I see." And they went, "Oh yeah, you got to get rid of this guy. <laughs> you might even consider a restraining order. He's yeah. out of his mind." So you probably uh, had new procedures in for screening guys from now on. Yeah. No. 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 Not at all. Oh, no, okay. most people are very nice in the world. It's really easy. This is not a controversial show. I don't know. I let that guy slip in by mistake. So I'm just 
I'm just keeping a closer eye on things. That's that's a good idea. So again, uh, third season of Car Matchmaker is uh, coming up uh, on Esquire Television, which I'm told is on every cable channel. It's everywhere. Everywhere. I'm going to go back. Million homes. Two hundred million. It just went up a hundred million. You know, I went to Time Warner to go get my Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Is it on Time Warner? Yeah, of course, okay. of course. I'm going to check. It's check. always down around E and Bravo. It's a, it's it's all NBC. This is an NBC company, so mm-hmm. so we're part of a, a great big family there. And and uh, you, it might be where G four was, but look right around E, right around E E E S Q. I will E S Q. I checked. It is on Time Warner. Keep an eye out for Car Matchmaker on Esquire Wednesday night, and you can watch previously aired episodes on the web at EsquireNetwork.com. Hey, if you like what we're doing and you're listening on iTunes, number one, please subscribe. It's free. You'll automatically get notified when a new show uploads. Then rate us and write a review. Hey, if you're listening on SoundCloud, like us and follow us. Then tell your car pals and fellow club members about all the great guests and cool stories we have on all of our Talking About Cars podcasts. Don't forget to check out our videos with our partners at Generation Auto. Head over to YouTube, look up Generation Auto, no space between Generation and Auto. Until next week, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.